I'd like to thank our new sponsor, Launchpad Kickoff Tee, for joining us here on the Armchair Coaching Podcast family. Coaches, are you looking for that competitive edge, but you might not be paying attention to the kickoff game? Well, this is the company for you. I'd like you to go check them out. I have one sitting right here in my hand. It's incredibly unique. It's got a very large surface area and incredibly flexible wings. And so what this does for you here, it gives you extreme flexibility with how you want to kick off. Do you want to use the patented forward lean? Well, if you don't know what that is, go ahead and check out their website. You can do just about anything you want. You can dial up different types of squib kicks just with the different angles. You can literally do just about anything with this. And the nice thing is they send you this piece of paper here that goes with diagrams that show you all the different angles and techniques that they've discovered so far. And they are incredibly helpful on their website. I highly recommend you check them out. If you're interested, do me a favor. I want you to go to launchpadkickofft.com slash ACP. Make sure you add the slash ACP. And if you're interested in buying one, if you go to this specific website, you can find the link, the, the link in the description below, you actually get a discount. You're going to get a 10% discount just from using the, the Armchair Coaching Podcast link. If you want to buy one, if you want to buy two, that's a savings of 25%. And if you buy three, you're actually going to get one for free. All right. So those are some huge deals that you're going to get there. So do us a huge favor, check out our sponsor at Launchpad Kickoff Tea. Make sure that you go to this specific site, launchpadkickofftea.com slash ACP. Launchpadkickofftea.com slash ACP. On the kickoff, it's not like all the other kickoff teas that you have. It's incredibly unique. Welcome back to the Armchair Coaching Podcast. I am your host, host Coach Sheffer. And today we have a special guest. We have the current offensive coordinator at Batesburg Leesville High School in South Carolina. Also, you probably know him better through his podcast and YouTube. Uh, who You currently have over 20,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is pretty darn impressive, Coach. We have Coach Ron Mackey on the podcast. Thank you for coming in. I appreciate it. And yes, uh, I'm always blown away when I look at that number and see there's 20,000 people that look at this ugly, hairy face (laughs) that talks about football. But thanks for having me on, man. I'm thrilled to be here. Hey, no problem, coach. Um, So the first question that I have for you is one that I ask every coach is, um, I want to know about your story. I'm very interested in knowing every coach's story. It seems we all have our own unique path to where we got to today. So can you take a moment to take us through your football and coaching journey? Basically, how did you end up where you are now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you pull up a couch. I guess this is a therapy session. <laughs> uh, I've grown up in a household full of teachers and coaches, but all of my dad's a coach. My grandfather's a coach. My cousin's a coach but they all coach basketball and play basketball. I'm the only one in the family that actually likes football. And I've always loved football from a very young age. Uh, I just like to hit. I I know I'm an offensive coordinator, but I played in high school and in college as a middle linebacker. And I've always loved the game of football. Um, I got injured my freshman year in college. I tore my arm up, had to get Tommy John surgery. And I always said that if I had to get major surgery, I was just going to hang it up. 
And I did. Luckily, I had my father and my mother that pushed me into grades. So I had I was really good in school. And that allowed me to go to the University of South Carolina. While I was there, I met my wife, uh, then girlfriend. And I had a moment where I could have gone the college route. I was uh, managing for Steve Spurrier and USC there. And my wife just graduated and she was going to go to occupational therapy down in Augusta, Georgia. And she wanted me to come with her. So it was either stay at school and go that route or go with my wife. And I've always said that if someone's willing to be with you in this crappy world and want to spend their life with you, you you know, you do that. So I went with her. Um, I finished up school at USC Aiken, which is a small college in South Carolina. I didn't even want to be a coach, to be honest. I, uh, I always said, I'm never going to be a coach. I'm never going to teach. My parents was like, no, you don't, don't be a teacher. You know, the, the pay's crap. The parents crap on you. It's just do anything you can. So I've got a bachelor's in mathematics and computer science. I got a dual bachelor's degree, but I was always loving football. And anytime I would come back to help my dad, he's a basketball coach. I would also help the football team. So I was volunteering during that time as well. I couldn't get a, a job in, as a computer programmer because it was right, you know, millennials. We got hit with the 2008 crash, so no one was hiring. Luckily, it was math, so I could get in as a math teacher. I went the alternative route, jumped right into coaching. I did linebackers for three years. There was an opening on the, on the offensive side. I went there for two as a running backs coach, and then there was an opening right down the street uh, for uh, offensive coordinator. I put my hat in. I got that. I've been offensive coordinator for five years at that school, Crestwood, and now I'm It froze. I'm back, coach. Sorry. All right. That's fine. My internet must have pooped on me. That's what that's what <laughs> happens. Um last thing that you said before my internet cut out was you were at Crestwood. Yeah, okay. So I was at Crestwood for five years as an uh, offensive coordinator and then a um position opened up at Batesburg, a historic school for football, like their one football town. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to shoot my shot. Coach Adams, I've, I've known him. He's a great guy. And when I shot my shot, it, it happened right during uh, COVID. So that was, it took a while to get. And finally I got in there and um, got in in June and we weren't able to start practicing or anything until August. And that's where I'm at now at Batesburg. That's awesome, coach. Uh, you and I, except for the, you know, the YouTube fame and all that, you and I have had kind of a similar uh, path. And, you know, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm just a lowly uh, offensive line coach. But um, – Those are the best coaches, man. Hey, I, I have to agree, you know. We can cook. I can yes. tell you that. Yes. <laughs> I'm a pretty decent cook. Um, best I always, dish. Gun to your head right now. The best one that I can cook? Yes. Fajitas. Okay, what kind? Chicken steak? Um, mainly chicken. Uh, I've done steak. I think one of my favorite ones to do is, uh, venison. Ooh, nice. Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. My, uh, mother-in-law, they own some land in another County. And, uh, one of the people that they know hunts on the land. And every time they get a deer, we get about half of it. So nice. we get like half a deer once a year. And so we got like venison steaks, ground venison, like 
it's it's amazing. It's a great deal. <laughs> uh, but I've learned how to cook it and the different spices, man. It's sorry, we're getting off track, but who cares? <laughs> talk about food, man. Talk about food and I'll, I'll talk for hours. But um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Similar philosophy, uh, similar kind of path. My wife heavily influenced my path to where I am today, just like you were talking about your wife too. So um, she actually pushed me into teaching and coaching. Uh, oh, wow. Because I think we were juniors or seniors in college and we were still deciding where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do. And she kept saying, you need to go take teaching classes and uh, get your teaching license. You'd be a great teacher. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, I kept thinking, I, I don't yeah. want to do that. I don't want, you know, I'm, Women are I, a lot smarter than us. Oh, yes. Um, and then we went through grad school and I was almost to my master's degree. And I was like, well, crap, I still don't know what I want to do. And uh, she was like, well, why don't you sign up for a teaching license? You know, uh, go to get a certificate. I did it, got a job. She was the one who found a newspaper clipping for a coach's position in the county over, slapped it in front of my face one day and said, call this coach right now. I did, and I got my first job. So if nice. it wasn't for her, I would not be where I am today. You need to give her a high five. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I probably wouldn't have a podcast either because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wives are the best. Some, uh, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. <laughs> Sometimes they make life a little hard, but other times there, there's stuff I wouldn't be able to do without her. Um, before we get off track anymore, I've been on a deep dive into leadership especially culture. Um, and I'm very interested as a coach, how would you describe your personal leadership style? I always try to coach as if I was coaching myself and what would I look for in a coach? I'm not a big believer in screaming. I mean, I, I do, I do scream a little bit, but that's more on if you're not giving me effort. I always tell my guys, there's only two things you can control. One, your effort, and two, how do you react to something? And when I see that the kids are doing poorly in those two, that's when I kind of raise my voice. And, and I've noticed that if you're not a screamer or a yeller, those times that you do actually get mad and raise your voice, the kids are like, oh, oh, he, he, he's mad, you know? So it kind of gets it across like that. Um, I'm also just a big believer in being really transparent, just like really transparent. I, I came... I know this sounds bad. This is going across. I'm not a big culture guy. Like, you know, like we're going to show these PowerPoints and I'm going to give you this motivational uh, YouTube video. And then I'm going to bring in some, some guy that had a tragic event and then turned it around to talk to you for 20 minutes. And to me, that doesn't change things. You get a little dopamine and you get really excited. And then after that day, maybe 30 minutes later, that's gone. I'm a firm believer in showing what you expect. Like, you know, I, I'm open. I tell you the why. I'm going to tell you why you need to do this. Uh, I will give you examples in life like, hey, this is, what, this is how it correlates. But I'm not one of those really big rah-rah. Because to me, I'm going to be completely honest, football is a game that is to distract from how crappy about 95% of the kids' lives are outside of school. We, a lot of them are free reduced lunch. They live in, in trailers. They live with their grandparents, aunts, and uncles. They, they face a lot of adversity 
outside of school. So I'm under the assumption that, hey, football should be fun. It's just a brown ball crossing the line. One team's trying to put it across the line. The other team's trying to keep it from the line, and it should be fun out there. It should not feel as if work. I don't want the kids to come out there and be like, shoot, I do not want to be here right now. And I think that if you cultivate that and in your program, you'll have kids coming and they want to be with you. And that's just my, my whole thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm weird. I'm, I'm the outcast when it comes to that. I don't think you're that weird. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I, I told my coach straight up in the inner, the, the current head coach that I work for right now, I told him straight up in the interview. Cause he asked me that same question and I wasn't really prepared for it um, because no, no other coach had asked me that question before. And I told him, I was like, look, I'm not the coach you're going to look for on a Friday night to give that speech right before we go out on the field. Yeah. You know, that, for the Gipper. Right. That's not, not me. me. You know, I'm not a screamer. I'm not a yeller. I'm kind of like you. Um, if I'm yelling, there's probably a problem. <laughs> so if I'm yelling, you need to listen. But uh, I'm that coach that's on the sideline, shoulder around, uh, arm around the kid's shoulder, talking to him. You know, uh, I do. I'm a big believer in teaching the why in everything we do. Um, I think I remember w- at least one of your videos. You've mentioned that um, you've probably mentioned yeah. I, that I a think lot it's big. A, yeah. a lot of coaches they feel like that challenges them. Like you, where, where's the good old days? You just do what I tell you to do. And when kids ask why am I doing that, they're like, why are you questioning my authority? Like Eric Cartman, and I feel it. It helps me. Hey, why are we calling this play? And if I can't tell them a good reason, then I'm like, okay, really, why am I calling this play? This this doesn't make sense. Or why are we using this technique? Why should my drop back be like this? I got it this year. I know we're gonna get to it, but we we are really wide splits. We are we got called last game for no my, nobody on the line of scrimmage. Or that's how far back our offensive line is. We we try to skirt the rules, and the kids are like, why? And I gave them a math lesson. Like, okay, here's how far off we are. This is, you know, I, I brought in uh, geometry and everything like that, and I went into it. And they were like, oh, okay, that, that, that actually makes sense. And we, it works. And when they know the why, like you do, I'm sure the same way, you tell your kids why, they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I try to take that approach when I'm planning practice. Um, you know, why am I using this drill? Yeah. You know, if I can't come up with a good reason why, if it's just, oh, it's because what I did when I was in high school, then probably exactly. not, not a good drill. It's probably just a time waste. <clears throat> yep. Your drills have to show up on game day. Exactly. Um, so you're a huge proponent of the air raid. <laughs> I'm a huge proponent of scoring points. Exactly. Um, I should say spread offense and scoring points in general, uh, because that's kind of what you propose or you you're a huge proponent of that. You're pushing that on your podcast, your YouTube channel. Um, how did you discover the air raid? <laughs> okay. Uh, I have to, here's the story. Um, this was back in college. Uh, my roommate and I were huge 24 fans. I don't know if you watched 24, Keith or Sutherland, when he's got 24. Okay. Well, this was when um, Blockbuster was like getting into what the Netflix did. You could pay a monthly rate and you can go in and change all DVDs and everything like that. So uh, we were doing that and we were going through 24 Blockbuster. Neither one of us wanted to get up after that last disc and go switch it out. So we were like, hey, uh, you go. My roommate then is Jake. I was like, Jake, go uh, 
get the remote. Let's change it. Let's see what's on. He goes, no, dude, you get the remote. I'm like, no. And he goes, fine. Then we'll just watch whatever comes on. I was like, fine. And so we played chicken and that chicken game happened to be Texas versus Texas uh, tech. When Mike Leach went down there and won and just throwing the ball. I, I, I loved it. I fell in love with it. And I'm going to be honest when I played, Ah, my best games and the games I look forward to and circled on the circle on the calendar were wing T teams because to me and flex bone teams to me, uh, if it's wing T just follow the guards. If, if they, they influence pull fine, they're doing something they haven't practiced that much. And then it's who's got the better Jimmy's and Joe's. And at the time my, uh, my high school team had the, the better Jimmy's and Joe's um, for the flex bone. It's just, Oh, I have the dive the whole time. That's fine. That's the simple job for me. I'm just going to go straight ahead and either a gap. But when we play teams that could pass and run, I hated it because there would be times when I'm flying in there thinking it's a, a run and it's just a play action and they're throwing a cross over my head or I get a blitz and I come through the line. I'm like, Oh shit, I'm about to get it sack. And I was like, nah, it's, it, it's a screen buddy. And they throw it over my head. So when I um, figured out that you can actually do that and beat the number one team in the nation doing that, I, I was intrigued. And the funny thing is I saw them and then I was a big Hawaii fan, the run and shoot. And I dove down the run and shoot route first, but there's not that much out there. I didn't know how to do it or anything. And then I saw all this material out there for the air. And I was like, well, this is easier to coach because there's so much stuff out there. And I'd, just kept falling into that hole over and over again. I would diverge a little bit on the Noel Mazzoni stuff or the Art Bryles, but I always found myself coming back to just passing the ball 80% of the time. But the crazy thing is, man, I just checked our stats for the year. We were, we were almost literally 50-50 run pass. Last game, which was yesterday, we ran the ball 32 times. Nice. So I'm not opposed of running. It's just, to me – I think it's better to throw to run than run to throw. And, and that's just my personal philosophy. Okay. So it's kind of like soften up the defense a little bit with the pass. That, that's it. Because I, the, the pass, it is difficult. You have to oh, yeah. coach that up. And I would rather coach that up. And then when everyone's bailing, just turn around and hand it to one of your best athletes on a simple GT scheme or a trap or something like that and let them go. Because there's, Honestly, there's not that much coaching. I try when I was a running backs coach, I try to be like, okay, this is your aiming point, but I'm really not going to teach you like how to run and stuff like that. Cause to me, that's that's natural, that's instinctive, and you're running back just because that's what you've been doing your entire life. So for me to like try to change it up in three months and try to when I'm a slow white guy that just ran into people playing ball, I don't feel like I have a a, a shoe to stand in. Uh I don't even know if that saying makes sense right there but it, to me that's just easier than hey we're going to run power we're going to run counter we're going to run buck and then what happens when you get behind you then have to start passing well if you don't practice the nuances of the pass game it gets kind of difficult especially when the defense knows you have to pass so they're not really treating the run with as much respect as it should when you're up or if it's tied you know they have to really be cognizant of the run and then that's when you pop the long passes off remember i don't remember if it, I, i'm sure you've talked about it on your channel the fact that you can install a effective air raid offense in three days in three yeah, practices hey, i we, mean that that's we amazing did it during during covid yeah i mean we we're averaging 41 points a game 
in three games, and we're, it's really just three weeks, man. It's insane. Uh, we've been on quarantine, too. Mm-hmm. We were on quarantine for two weeks, and we came back for two practices and had to face the defending state champs. Mm-hmm. And we won 52 to 20-something. And, I mean, that just that, that's the power of, of simplicity in the air raid. And then also, I mean, I've had to simplify even more. We run concepts only to one side of the field out of one formation. Uh, it we I've eliminated things. I've gotten rid of mesh. I mean, we practice mesh every day, but then I found that I've called it three times in three games. I'm like, why are we wasting all that time doing it? We'll try again in the spring. So that allows us to rep other things that we we are good at. And the kids, I mean, they they didn't struggle when we came back from from that quarantine. Like they knew the plays because we've been repping them in, in practice and and the games. So it it worked out to our advantage. So you, you kind of mentioned simplicity there. I'm huge uh, on that. That, yeah. that exactly. That, that was one of the things that I wrote down before um, this interview started, because that's one of the things I always listen when uh, you're on your podcast, you're always talking about being simple. Um, and so how did you come to that? Like, how did that become a big thing in your coaching philosophy? Because for me, it was beaten into me early on because I tried to get too complicated, right? Well, when, when I became an offensive coordinator, I, I was under the illusion that the kids loved football as much as I did. So I had all these, you know, RPOs, all this run game, all this pass game, and I figured out, I figured that, hey, if I know the progressions, the kids are going to know it. And that first year, man, it, it sucked. Like, we were in some games, but – I we only won two games and it wasn't until the very end of the season that we won those two games and I cut half the playbook one one time I was going through I was self-scouting and I realized we had all these plays but there was only a certain amount of play there was only a handful of plays that we ran that gave us the results I've been dabbling in the 80-20 principle and stuff like that, which means 80% of your results come from 20% of your plays. And that's a fundamental law for everything. An economist came up with it back in the 1800s or the 1900s. And I was like, you know what? I am uh, – I was – honestly, I was miserable. Like, we weren't scoring points. And I was like, you know what? Let's just – let's see if it works. So, we cut everything <laughs> and just stuck with those 20% of the plays. And we won – big the past two games and that just triggered something in me and I just dove into simplifying and what people think is simplifying is easy but it's really hard like it's really 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 hard when I was on this quarantine I was coming up with all these great ideas oh man that play Clemson did where they they faked the toss and then throw I was like oh we can do that because we do something similar uh, I was thinking about adding a bash concept, you know, count GT counter with a bash tag. I was thinking about doing all these nifty things off the passing game. And then I realized the day before we went back that, we, Ron, you only have two days. They've been gone for two weeks. They probably forgot everything. The hell are you doing? You need to go back to what you've been doing. And when you talk about simplifying a lot of coaches react negatively because they've come up with that whole, you got to have every tool in the toolbox. You never know when you're going to need a screwdriver. And if the only thing you have is a hammer and a saw and you don't have the screwdriver in your toolbox, you're going to get caught with your hand, with your pants down. And I just, 
I just don't believe that because I've, I've played and coached with a coach that was grab bag. I mean, dude, he had everything from five wide to wing T and yet we, during the game, we would only run four or five plays. And I was always like, Hey, why don't we just practice these four or five plays and get really great at them? And everybody in the office would, would laugh at me. And that kind of also was the fueled my fire. I'm more of a, a, if you, a lot of people are positive and stuff like that. Like just let it go. But when, when people say stuff, I, I like bury it. I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm one of those F you guys. Like, Oh, you said I couldn't do it. Well, I'm gonna show you. And then and not be humble about it when it does work. I'm gonna be like, Hey, F you buddy. I told you it can work. You, you need to listen to me. And I know, I know that's a hang up on my part, but it's, it's, it's worked for me so far, knocked on wood. And that's what I feel like I'm rambling now, but that's where the simplicity came from. I completely agree, coach. Uh, I used, uh, I tried to take simplicity as an assistant coach because the last couple of years I was uh, working as a linebackers coach and I was learning defense under the defensive coordinator. And it got to the point where I was, I was telling the guy, we ran a uh, three, five, three, and we had like three, 30 different blitz packages we could throw at you. We had 10 different stunts we could run up front with the defensive line. We had about eight different coverages in our defensive package. Um, and of course, you know, every single blitz, you have to have the coverage, you know, behind it. Behind it. And so the kids had to know everything. Like if this guy goes, then I've got this cover. And it got to the point where I was just like, dude, we've got too much. You know, like I, I'm spending so much time on the practice field just trying to tell these kids where their coverage is in seven on seven and not being able to work on footwork and, you know, key reads, yeah. you know, the stuff that matters at linebacker. And coach was like, well, we need, we need this in case they run that. We need this in case they run that. And, and that's where it's one of those examples of where I really respect the coach because especially since I still work for him, <clears throat> but um you know, we definitely have some disagreements and we've had that argument a couple times where I'm about simplicity. I'm about being good at a couple of things, but being really good at it and practicing it a lot. And he's all about, we need this because you never know when we're going to need it down the road. Um, and he told me that a couple of weeks ago when I was talking offense, because now I'm on the offense side of the ball and we had about 10 different, uh, run schemes. That's actually 20 when you think about it. Cause you have to yeah, go against right and left. And, and so I was at, last year, I kept saying, guys, we're running too many plays. That's why we're not good at anything, you know? And, and then eventually on their own, because they didn't listen to me, <laughs> don't listen to that linebackers coach on their own. They started to kind of weed out the plays that didn't work and our offense got explosive. Yeah, that's, know? that's it. I, I find that a lot of coaches make the game more difficult because they want to be like on Saban mm -hmm. or Belichick. You get, you get in those arguments on the, the Twitter analytics, which I'm going to be honest, man, those guys, Chris B Brown and, and Drew Piscopo and all of them. And they're, they're pointing out, you know, uh, Alex Kirby and, and Chris Voss and they're throwing all these terminology. Dude, I'm like, hey, I, I'm not sticking my nose in that because I don't know what the hell y'all are talking about. Uh, I just, <laughs> you know, like, hey, this is Saban running 
uh, Mabel coverage, or, or this is uh, the four two fives blue green coverage on the back end with a double bullets twist. I'm like, what the hell are y'all talking about? Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's just too high, and they're blitzing. That's it. And a lot of coaches, I, I think of it as football masturbation. They just want to be able to prove that they have all this stuff in there that they're smart enough and everything like that. And it. I keep coming back. I'm, I don't know who said it, but someone a lot smarter than me. It's not what you know. It's what the kids know. Mm-hmm. And if you have all these uh, – we're the same way on defense. When I was on the defensive side of the ball, we were 3-4, and we had all these different coverages and um, stunts and blitzes. And I had a difficult time remembering what coverages go with what blitzes. And if I'm having a difficult time – and this is what I like to do. This is like – what I read in my downtime. How am I going to tell it to a 14, 15, 16 year old kid who's got school, uh, you know, boyfriends or girlfriends, uh, jobs, uh, their parents aren't in their picture. They have all these things going through their heads. And I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, God, can we just like have two blitzes mm-hmm. and like one coverage? Like if, if we stay in uh, cover three, if that's our coverage, then, you know, cover three cloud where we just squat the corner on one side. It is that difficult. Do we have to have 18 different coverages of read and, and variants of it? So, yeah, I, I agree, man. And God bless you because trying to tell people they need to simplify this, you, you have a better chance to just keep banging your head against the wall. Yeah. I feel like I, I do that sometimes, yeah. but uh, this year's a little different because the offensive cord, like he and I have been working well together. Um, uh, because he's like, man, in Virginia, uh, we, at the moment, the plan is to start practice in February. Okay. And we have a shortened season uh, starting mid-February. So we only get like two weeks of practice. And he's like, if you look at all the plays we had last year, and I told him, I was like, look, I don't think we're going to be able to run all all of the run plays that we had last year. Yeah. I no. said, at, at I told him, I was like, look, tell, like, pick the top four. These are the four that you want to be able to run every single game. Those are the ones that I'm going to practice every single day and practice at the offensive line position. You know, And I can't remember who said it. Somebody said, uh, if, you, if you run a play once in a game, you need to practice it at least 10 times and practice that week. So if we ran – because we run a lot of uh, wide zone – and our, we're a power spread. We run a lot of wide zone. Um, let's say we ran that 15 times in the last game. Well, then that – what's 15 times 100? You're the math guy. 15 times 100? 15 times 10 is – Yeah, it's 150. 150 right? Yeah, so, yeah. You're lucky I'm on my game right now. Thank you right. for the easy problem. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you need to practice stretch. We call it stretch. You need to practice stretch 150 times a week. Okay, how much time does that leave for us to run buck sweep or yeah. pin and pull or counter or insides? Like, not a whole lot of time. So we can't necessarily. What we were able to do is we're going to start to uh, mesh certain run concepts with other plays. So I'm not going to get too much into it because some of our opponents might listen to this. <laughs> well, we're simplifying. That's, uh, that, that's the name of the game man just simplify and also this year just get weird this oh is kind of yeah. like a freebie year so if there's for instance me i i'm giving my quarterback a lot of freedom 
He can check out of plays. He can check into plays. I there's some plays that I just give him the formation and I just say check. And and he doesn't have a wristband. <laughs> like he's looking at the grass and be like, okay, where can I attack? How many people are in the box? Can we run it? Yes. These are, and he only has a certain amount of runs. And what we've done in our run game is we only run certain schemes against certain fronts. And that simplifies our 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 practice time because we don't have to get great at every single front. Like for instance, uh, GT, uh, we only run it to a three technique. That's it. So if I call it and it's not to the three, he's going to check to the three. Or if I call it and they show up to an, in an odd front, we're checking out of it because I only want those guys working on running counter to the three technique. And we're getting really good at it. The kids understand it and everything because we're setting them up for success. Cause I'm, for instance, let's say 10 y'all ran 10 run plays. Well, that's actually 20. And then you got to multiply that by five for an even front. I mean, for, uh, over under, odd stack and bear so that's really a hundred different blocking schemes for each one of those that you have to rep what if you just eliminate it and you say okay we're just going to run this one scheme against this one front and if we're not into it that's great we don't have to run it and just have like for y'all the stretch the stretch is the catch-all it's got to be able to block every front but that's the only run scheme that has to block every front and I didn't come up with this with my own. I talked to a very smart man that um, he's now a coach up at, at Clemson. I mean, he is unbelievably smart. And he said, when he said that, man, it just, I was like, holy crap, that makes sense. So we were like, I was like, okay, let's, let's try that this year. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? This is every game is a gift. Mm -hmm. That's how I go into it. I mean, we, we were on quarantine. So when we come back, instead of being worried and not sleeping against facing the defending state champs, I was like, I'm just happy we get to play. Like they could, we could catch a case again and be shut down. And the way South Carolina works is you have to quarantine for two weeks. And once we get in the playoffs, um, you just have to forfeit if you, if you quarantine. So, I mean, every, this is a freebie year. I hate it for the kids, you know, but it is what it is. So just enjoy every single time you're out at practice and enjoy every single time you're on those sidelines and you get to call plays or you get to play play. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and like you said, all of these things that I talked about, on I, everything that I talk about on the podcast or anything like that, I, I didn't come up with any of this stuff. I learned it from way smarter coaches. Yeah. I'm a thief, uh, man. Exactly. Uh, so I look, a lot of my my quote simple philosophy I learned from you know you or uh, someone like Coach Allball who's I know he's a wing T guy but you know he he Nate, talks a lot yes. of a lot of, he talks a lot about uh, simplicity so you know you do have a little bit in common with, um, so actually that was one of the things I wanted to bring up you on some of your uh, podcasts you've talked about how you are a fan of the wing T philosophy. Yeah, the if-then structure. Mm -hmm. I am. I, I like how they build off of – and I think every offense should have that. Uh, so, do you actually have a copy of the, the Wing T book? Yeah, man. Let me uh, – <laughs> I have it somewhere. Give me a second. My Harry Potters are falling down. 
Yeah, man. There it is. The Delaware wing tee. Nice. Yeah. Every, every off season, I read it. Nice. I mean, that's an example of, to me, because you, you got people on Twitter who are fighting each other, you know, all air raids the best wing tees the best i usually i try to stay out of it as much as possible nah, you lying you 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 go that you go the 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 delaware camp come on man don't play both sides <laughs> hey i i don't ha- i don't have a physical copy of the wing tee book uh mine's online i had to steal it from somebody <laughs> oh i got lucky man i those things are really expensive but i i have a a google alert oh, yeah. that it anytime it pops up on ebay or something like that I was actually like 25 bucks and I was like, baby, I love you. I got to get this book. Cause usually it goes for like 250. So I'm, I'm going to, I think whoever got it didn't know mm-hmm. and put it on there, but yeah, yeah. They, they go back and forth. On yeah, Twitter. I, 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 I like the wing T. Uh, I grew up in the wing T. That's what I, we played in. And when I was in high school and we had some great success under it, uh, I probably wouldn't run the old school wing T. I am a huge proponent of, uh, shotgun wing tee though so uh you've probably heard of coach kenny simpson out in arkansas yeah yeah no kenny. Uh, i'm a big proponent of um that style of offense and adding rpos to it um i just call it power spread you know you gotta fool the fools a little bit right yeah um but yeah i mean i used to i used to write a blog that i would call obsessed with offense and they yeah, did the uh single wing yeah a little bit but that was only one article and and now and I, I write one article about single wing and uh now everybody thinks i'm an old Man, school no, coach. there's not a lot of information about single wing that's that, what happens well, that's there's true. only that one guy that's now in alabama that was in florida that ran the single wing yeah he got fired even though he was uh either he was fired or he was pushed out i can't remember but, at um, florida yeah either that or because florida don't pay nothing well, that's true oh well uh, I love all offenses. That's my point. Hey, if you can put so. that, if you if you can score points, I'll watch you. I mean, when when mm-hmm. when Paul Johnson was there, I know everybody. Every time Georgia Tech loses, now they shit on him because you know, hey, did you lose that much against when Paul Johnson was there? And I, honestly, yeah, they did. I mean, but still, I, if you can freaking score points, I'm gonna watch you. And that's that's what sets me apart. I don't have a favorite team. Like I'm not a diehard anybody. Mm-hmm. Um. I like offense, so I, I tend to follow the coaches. Like, yeah. I, I love Mike Leach. I'm going to follow him. I loved watching Baylor when Art Browse was there. Follow him. I love watching LSU last year because they scored a lot of points. I like watching Alabama because they score a lot of points. I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch Washington because of Rolovich is up there now with the run and shoot. So, if you can score points, I'm going to do it. It's just, I don't know, on on – when I see coaches arguing back and forth, I don't call it Twitter. I call it twatter. So, and then when, <laughs> and the funny thing is, man, I don't get into those things. When I see that, I just block people. Time is too short. I'm not going to get in a pissing contest with someone half across the country on whose offense is better because really it comes down to Jimmy and Jimmy's and Joe's. I mean, there's a reason why Clemson and Alabama are always in, in Ohio state are always, in the running because they also have like the top one, two or three in recruiting. So it's, it's whatever you run, just believe in it, sell it to the kids. And then if someone else says, Hey, this offense is better. Just be like, okay. <laughs> I don't have to get in a, a Twitter match or a Twitter match 
you know, it's, I don't know. That's just me. I'm, I'm also like guys, we we're sitting there. And if you go and look at it, most of the coaches that, that piss and moan like that on the uh, internet, then their, their next tweets talking about, you know, you got to build culture and, and be leaders and everything. And you, the kids can't argue or anything like that. And I'm like, dude, you, you, you just like cussed out another coach on, on Twitter because they're talking about, their offense is better or not how don't be a hypocrite like you can call me a lot of things but i try to keep it from being called hypocritical um and a liar i mean i, I again that goes back to transparency like there, there are times in a game or in practice where the kids are messing up and i'm fixing to yell because they messed up and they go coach you called that and i go you're right it's my fault the next play that happened in the game. I mean, I called one play and it was awful. And I was like, what are you doing? And they go, coach, you did this. And I was like, did I? And they're like, yeah. I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. My fault. My fault. You know? And that, and that's a way you can build culture going back to your question is when the kids see that you own up mm-hmm. and you say you're sorry, you know, instead of trying to pass the buck and be like, no, I'm never wrong. Then the kids feel empowered and they will admit when they're wrong and they will learn from it. And they say, it's okay. And I don't. I have no idea why I got on this topic right here. And <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all right, Coach. Don't worry. Um, I do the same thing. Uh, I'll admit when I'm wrong, and, and I feel like it makes the kids more comfortable around you yeah. because they they see you as more human, yeah. you know. And instead of you trying to be this almighty, you know, force in their life, yeah, they're like a football god. You're like, no, no, I'm mortal. I make yeah. mistakes. Exactly, and it's helped me uh, not only as a coach but as a teacher too. Because if the if the kids in the classroom say, oh, okay, he can make a mistake, but he'll admit it, you know, they're more likely to listen. And it's kind of – it's almost like building a culture in a classroom. And, and you're a teacher too. So yeah. you definitely see that as well. Um, well. I try to tell the kids, how do you learn? How do, mm-hmm. you, how do you know that the stove is hot? You touch it and you're like, oh, damn, that's hot. I'm not going to make that mistake. And making mistakes is the number one way to actually learn and get better. Exactly. Um, one of, the, one of the weird questions I had on here, because I was just interested in, in hearing what you would say, if you weren't coaching and teaching, what do you think you'd be doing right now? Uh, probably email marketing, as weird as that. I, I write emails for, for my email list and everything like that. And I just, I, I've always been a big fan of writing. And um, I, I write a lot and I like emails, writing emails. And it's just something about that that's like hey this is fun i like building that connection Uh, if it wasn't that honestly i've always wanted to try stand up okay just to try it just to do it because they say you know uh, public speaking is is a bigger fear than dying when they ask people what their bigger fear fear is and i feel as if teachers are really good stand-up comedians because we have to get up there and we have to not only do we have to teach we, we we have to entertain uh, we have to keep their attention. We have to keep them on their toes. And, you know, every night you're going, every day you're going up there and you can't come up with the same material because if you do the same thing over and over again, they'll just tune you out. So you've got to do something different. And that's my weird answer to that question. Great question, by the way. I don't see your answers as weird because I could totally, oh, I don't know if I'd uh, have the courage to do stand up though. Uh, 
maybe Man, after if you can if you can teach and coach you can get up in a and i mean kids are ruthless they smell mm-hmm. blood in the water mm-hmm. that's why a lot of, a, a lot of kid uh, teachers are like gone in the first or second year because they don't know how to handle kids and you get heckled <laughs> the kids mm-hmm. heckle you every single day and you have to, to build that that comeback that thick skin so if you can teach a kid or a class of kids you can definitely get up there and do stand up Definitely. Uh, another cl- question I had for you, go back to your YouTube and your podcast stuff. You kind of mentioned it in your story a little bit, um, but when did you decide to start YouTube? Like, when did you decide to start doing football stuff on YouTube? Uh, okay, so it's, 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 it's a, that's a twofold thing. Um, it goes back to I've always been a very big run and shoot guy. So I've, I've, I have Google alerts on run and shoot, Mouse Davis, June Jones, all that. And something popped up and I found an old Mouse Davis, those old Mouse Davis things that I had on my YouTube channel a long time ago. It was behind a paywall. Someone was charging like 60 bucks a month to, for old DVD clinics, but they had a three-day um, refund policy. <laughs> so... I told, I told my wife what I was going to do. I paid for it. I ripped it. There comes my, my computer science background. I ripped all five DVDs off. I refunded, got my money back, and I uploaded those to YouTube. And then I was like, this is Mouse Davis. He's the man. Everyone should have this for free. Because uh, back in my old days, I used to be a pirate. So, <laughs> digital pirate. Um, and on the Coach Huey forms smart football crispy brown actually posted those to the forms and it my i got like 500 to a thousand subscribers just right there not even doing that and i didn't do anything for like three years after that well then we had our daughter aria and it was my turn to put her to sleep and uh she she was a struggle to put to sleep and i was one of those parents like hey i've swaddled you i'm patting your butt i know you're fed why the hell aren't you going to sleep? So I would get worked up and she would feed off my energy. So it took like an hour and a half to get her to finally go to sleep. And it was around my birthday. My wife, so I put her down. My wife got me a, a, a GoPro for our bootleg virtual reality for my quarterback. I came upstairs and I was like, you know what? We're doing this really cool one back power RPO. I've got a, I've got a GoPro. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to map it out. I'm just going to upload it and see if people like this or not. And that took off. It's got almost 100,000 views right now. And then I've get, I was getting comments and everything like that. And I was like, oh, people like this. Well, I'm going to do the next one and the next one. And that just kind of turned into a hobby. And it was how, instead of being like, oh, I hit it big. I was like, how can I make this better? How can I get 1% better every single time I put something out there? That led me to researching things, getting on. I took courses. I upgraded my uh my camera, my, my microphone and everything like that. And it just became a hobby that allowed me to connect with other coaches. And it just took off from there. Really. That's awesome. And I had a, another question because I'm starting this podcast and, you know, I've been asking coaches on Twitter mainly, you know, whether or not they wanted to be some guests on podcasts. And uh, to me, it's kind of hard because I, I have social anxiety a little bit. And so it's kind of hard for me. I know the worst that they could say is no, but it's hard for me to shoot my shot sometimes. Right. And 
you've had some pretty uh, high profile guests on your videos I and have, podcasts. I have, yes. So what would be some tips that you would give a guy like me or somebody else who's into podcasting or YouTube to like uh, get higher profile guests or just higher quality um, guests on your podcast? Um, okay. That's a great question. Uh, pardon my French. The, the thing that helps me the most is I have a, I don't give a fuck attitude and it, it's just like, I'm just going to shoot it. Now the backtrack, the best thing to do is, like you just get your foot in the door and then you, you leverage that to get someone else. Like, Hey, I would, for instance, I'm not saying I'm big. I'd be like, you'd go, Hey, uh, so-and-so could you come on my podcast last week? I just interviewed coach Mackey and coach Mackey, you know, blah, 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 does this. I, he, he re- name dropped your name. Um, I was wondering if you can come on and, uh, and, and talk and that just kind of snowballs. But dude, I, it's really, I got lucky. I have, I mean, you retweeted out for me and helped me out when I shot my shot with Kurt, uh, with Noel and stuff like that. It just comes with, Hey, like you said, what, what are they going to say? And, and when they say no, it, nine times out of 10, it's not a, it's not an asshole. No, it's a, no, I'm just busy right now. So if you follow up like a month later, I'm probably going to say yes, because we're all human. We all love talking about ourselves. And if you give me a platform to talk about like me, I'm, I'm not shutting up. Usually I'm on the other side and I'm asking questions and sitting there and listening and everything like that. And you're doing a great job. I see you taking notes, man. That's the, the mm-hmm. kudos, my dude. Uh, you just do that. And then really what you should focus on is just having fun as corny and woo woo as that sounds. I mean, we're not doing this with you. This is fun. Uh, doing my videos in my classroom, talking about stuff Then I'm, I'm, putting on youtube and facebook that's fun if no one the whole thing is would you do this if no one listened and if that's a yes you keep going keep trying everyone you put out there try to do one percent better and it's that average that's that that saying that hey be so good they can't ignore you and i mean you've already had guests on you've got some guests on that i haven't and kudos man i mean just ask and if they say no then put it down in your, in your calendar and have a reminder to ask two months later and then ask again, ask them until they say, fuck you, man, stop asking. I'm not coming on. And then when they say that, you just go, you know what? I'm trying to give you a platform. I know I I love talking to you. And if I was wanting you to introduce you to other coaches, if not, that's fine, buddy, kick rocks. I'm gonna go to the next person. And I mean, that's really it. Yeah. I, uh, the first episode I did, was with uh, Coach Banstra and Coach Bennett, who are still regular contributors on the podcast here. And uh, I told him, I was like, "Look, I don't have any aspirate. I don't have any delusions of grandeur with this. You know, I I started this podcast because I was bored, <laughs> and That's I wanted, to, you know, and I wanted to talk football. You know, like the the one of the things that I really miss about the football season is." the after practice coach's office where you just shoot the shit with your the other yeah, coaches. That's, right? that's it, man. And that's, and so, that's the beautiful thing. And the great thing about the internet is you're going to find other weirdos. And I'm using that term as a term of endearment that like the same thing you do. I mean, during the, the COVID coronation, I started streaming Madden and I've met some really cool Madden streamers. 
that I've had on my show and just talking. Did other coaches like that? No, but I don't care because at the end of the day, what I do is for me. I tell every mm-hmm. guest that comes on, hey, listen, um, I don't know who's going to turn in. I don't care. I like talking to smarter people than me. This is really just me being selfish. If other coaches like it, fantastic. But I want to pick your brain, and I just want to learn from you. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I've used for my – I call them showcasts now. I'm really lazy. My, my podcast, I haven't done that. I haven't uploaded anything since, like, July. So I just do everything on YouTube, and I call it a showcast. Uh, shout out Heath who from Australia that gave me that name. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. for so uh and that's really what it is so for you who do you want to learn from like you're saying leadership dive in joe salas i don't know if you know joe salas but mm-hmm. he, he's a good coach in north carolina i can hook you up man he is huge in um culture actually, and stuff like that i actually already interviewed him and his episode's coming out next week yeah so, so then so then look at that and here's the thing okay joe has a podcast who mm-hmm. has he had on his podcast Go through his ar- archives, archives. I, I don't know. I'm stupid. I'm math. That's why. And uh, see who's he, he's interviewed. Reach out to those people. and be like, Hey, I, I interviewed Joe. I know you're on this show. He's talked highly about you. Would you like to come on my podcast? And that's how you start networking and dive into the culture aspect. If there's something else, you, you know, you and you say you're not, you go both ways, but we all know you're, you're deep into the wing T lore. Dive into the wing T side of things. Like who, who are the coaches you want to, to talk to about that. That's the great thing about this. And again, everybody wants to talk about themselves. It's just human nature and you're giving them a platform. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned the Madden stuff. Have you, uh, have you learned any football stuff from any of the people that you've met on there? Like not just yes, Madden, man. but uh, like football. Yeah. So, um, Oh, you mean from them? Yeah. No. Sure. Well, one, I mean, Look, for example, the past two days, uh, <laughs> the Madden time ma- uh, management theory. I'm down. I'm going to let my opponent score real fast, hopefully to get mm-hmm. the ball back to score and win. Indiana did it mm-hmm. to win, and the, and the Lions did it. And th- that's one thing that I can't stand. It was the same thing when I was coming up. Every, all the coaches shitting. I'm sorry. I, I cuss too much. I'm getting excited. Don't worry um, about it. <laughs> crapping on video games like back when i was playing it was halo and things mm-hmm. like oh kids just want to play halo they don't want to do anything else and now it's like Fortnite or or whatever but video games can help you like first off it, it's been it's been scientifically proven it makes you smarter because you're learning new things and everything like that uh surgeons surgeon they did a study surgeons that played video games before surgery performed 33 percent better on the surgery than those surgeons that did not play video games um and then also to me like i i I run the air raid in madden all right i know the place like i know the plays for instance shallow cross i know who to key i know the progressions but when I've snapped the ball, there's sometimes when I'm just staring down one guy. I'm like, you know what? I don't care that there's eight people around him. I'm going to throw it. And if I'm doing that from the comfort of my own seat in an air-conditioned room, for the most part, playing a virtual game, and I'm still making that stupid progression, how can I get mad at a 16-year-old kid in a hostile environment on the road who probably didn't sleep well the night before is doing the same thing. So now that's giving me perspective. And I know a lot of people listen to this be like, man, coach is nuts. What is he smoking? But it really does. Like 
if I'm making the mistakes in a virtual world, I now know what the kids are saying sometimes when they just get tunnel vision and do it. And that that's helped me this year as a coach to be a little bit more relaxed when my kid makes a bad read or something like that. Like, Hey, I understand it's a mistake on the flip side of that, man. The, the stuff that goes on behind the scenes to, for those Madden streamers, like Zan, he's a big guy on Twitch. My man has a biochemist degree. Like he, and he's super smart. And when he gets this game, it blew my mind. He pulls up a, a spreadsheet and he is running one play against every single defense and he is making notes and he's trying to break that defense. Like, okay, this is what the defense should do in quarters. Do they run that? What if I do this thing? Are they still using the same rules than quarters? I mean, he knows he knows football. They all know football. And that's that's one thing a lot of people don't realize that those streamers do. Like they 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 at least have a base knowledge. Okay, this is what quarters does. This is what cover three. This is what the spread should do. This is what the West Coast should do. And then they're trying to to break it. And you can't break it unless you don't unless you have a building block of what should happen. Um, another one is uh, N.Y. Kia, who, man, I've been following that dude and been talking to him for a while. He's at UCF, and he's using, like, real-world football stuff. Like, that's his whole gimmick and doing it. And he's breaking down, hey, this is the play I'm running. This is what I'm looking for. And they're introducing football to people that only know ESPN highlights. Mm-hmm. And it's building the game up. And what I love about that is our kids watch those things. And when they watch it and they hear it, then they come to practice and I show them a play that we're going to run. And be like, oh, I know this. Hey, I, I've run this play in Madden. And then this guy said, this is who we're in. And they're telling me who to read. So that I'm like, great, you get it. So now we can dive deeper into the real world and that can expand your knowledge. And I don't look at it as a bad thing. I look at it as a great thing. And it also keeps me young because I, I, I do play video games when I get a chance. I'm excited about the PlayStation 5. I'm going to get it because I want to play the new Spider-Man game when it comes out. <laughs> and my kids now love Spider-Man, so I can justify buying a PS5 and Spider-Man to my wife. But like, hey, I'm getting it for the kids. Mm-hmm. We're going to all sit there in family time, right? <laughs> I think I did the same thing with my wife when the PS4 came out. Uh, because we watch, uh, we used we watched a lot of Netflix, and we always used my old PS3 to run the Netflix. And I was like, you know, my PS3 is getting pretty old and beat up. I think we need to upgrade. Yeah. And she's like, well, I don't know why. Why do we need to do that? I was like, well, do you want to keep watching these shows? And she's like, ah, okay, you know. I guess. And like, yes, she's like, ah, I guess. Um, so, t- kind of talking about. Uh, you mentioned Spider-Man and video games. And so what are some other things, you know, not football related that you like to get into like movies, TV shows, what are some other things that you like? I, yeah, I mean, I, I love movies, all the, uh, the Marvels and stuff like that. I, I, I know Martin Scorsese pooped on them and said that, you know, they're not that big of a deal art or whatever, but Again, it goes back. Life is life is like I'm I'm sick of watching the news and and you know all the bad stuff. I want to watch something that just makes me turn my brain off and I can just zone out for 2 hours and enjoy it. And those Marvel movies, man, I've always been a comic book fan. I love them. 
I just got done watching The Boys. I don't know if you've seen it on Amazon Prime. It's, it's, it's a superhero. It's messed up now. Just no going in there. It's like, what if superheroes were real people that had power? I mean, it's really messed up, but I love that kind of stuff. Um, I like to read. I just got done. I don't know if you – the Harry Dresden series. It's like a cross between Wizards and uh, Police Noir, and I'm a huge – detective novel kind of guy and sci-fi i mean and uh fantasy so that crosses i've been reading that for like 15 years it just came out with a new book and then honestly when i'm not doing football i'm playing with my kids i i I just i'm a big family man i love my wife i love my kids so it's really just trying to squeeze something in when they're asleep and i'm wide awake because i drink like two pots of coffee and i'm probably gonna die when i'm 50 (laughs) But that, that's really it. Uh, all right. What's your favorite fantasy series? Because I'm into fantasy too. So, I, Dude, uh, Joe oh. Abercrombie. <sighs> Hold on. Yes, sir, man. I could not put down those. I couldn't put them down, man. Those books were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Saracen, I like that. The Mistborn series uh, trilogy, that was really good. Um, I am a, a, a huge nerd when it comes to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, my, before our kids, um, my wife and I would always watch the series in November, one of the movies every week, and it always lead up to Christmas for some reason. Um, yeah, I, I just love to read. I get that from my grandma and my ma. They 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 love to read. They kind of instill with me. I think the greatest invention in the 21st century is the Kindle because you can put so many books on it and everything. But yeah, man, you're the first person who knew what I was talking about when I when I said Joe Abercrombie, man. Nice. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I just discovered his series, to be honest. So I'm oh, still great. on the first book, but I oh, got all, great, I, I read the first few chapters and I was like, I gotta go get the others. And so I've, I got the whole trilogy. Um, you know, I'm a George R. R. Martin. Uh, yes. Well, so am I, dude. I, I named my, my daughter after Aria. That's, that's so, the reason why. Everyone's like, Pretty Little Liars? I'm like, hell no. Yeah. Game of Thrones, the books, not the TV shows. That was one. Of, I, I remember listening to, I was listening to Coach Steve's podcast. And uh, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned Game of Thrones. And I didn't know whether or not you had read the books. That was what I was going to ask you. Yes. Yeah, dude. When I got to the red wedding, I threw the book across the room and didn't pick it up until the next day. Yeah, my, my wife looked at me because I, I was I was living with her down in uh in Augusta, Georgia, with her family, and I threw it and cussed, and she's like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Just don't talk to me. Just don't talk to me. I'm going to bed." <laughs> I could I could probably ask my wife about that because I remember reading that it was my sophomore year in college. I read that chapter. And I think I was in her dorm room when I was reading it. And I don't remember if she was in the room or not, but she, she heard me cussing. And she's like, well, what's wrong? And she's like, and I was like, I don't want to read this book anymore. Yes. And then the I went back over and picked book, it back up. Yeah, man. The only book that uh, I did that to after that was The Road. Have you read that book? Um, don't read it now, man. It will crush you as a father. Yeah, I read it when I was when I didn't have kids or anything like that. It was so bleak and stuff like that. It was one of those but it was it's a great book. I would never read it again. It's a great book. It's like watching a car crash. You can't look away. I couldn't stop. I, I literally read it the entire I read it into like I started it 
when I got home from classes and I didn't finish it till like three o'clock in the morning. It was just one of those books. And it was just like, ah, when I got done, I just threw it in the trash. I was like, why did I read that? It was a great book. I'm never reading that again. Yeah. So, you know, obviously Harry Potter, we watch it all the time when it comes on TV. I'm one of those people. My wife loves watching it when it's on TV. And I'm like, we've got the DVDs. We can watch it whenever we want. There's football on. Why are we watching Harry Potter? You know? And, um, and she's always, she always counters it. She's like, you watch football every day. Why, why, why can't we just watch something different? (laughs) Uh, Because they, they cut out most of the good stuff, baby. They have oh, to fit God. those commercials in, so they they're you're missing scenes. Oh, man, I've got so many books to read. I, I just half the time I don't. I sit here when I'm in between classes because we're teaching virtually. I'm I'm currently reading Urban Meyer, you know, but I'm also reading Joe Abercrombie, and I've got like ten different books. I listen to books on tape because I don't like listening to the radio. I do too, anymore. dude. Okay, okay, you're talking about sometimes you get anxiety and stuff like this. This is a mm-hmm. book you need to read. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked. Okay. That is a great book. Courage to be disliked. It is a great book. That just like, I I just finished listening because I, it's an hour and a half drive almost to my new school. So I just listened to audible Mm -hmm. and uh, I listened to that in the day. It was unbelievable. It's a really good book. That and uh, alter ego. Okay. If you read courage to be disliked, and then alter ego back to back. It's a nasty one, two combination that I think everybody should read actually. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely think I'm much better with my social anxiety than I used to be. Uh, I think teaching and coaching have helped me along that journey though. Got to man. I mean, I've, I've become a much better teacher than I was day one. Obviously day one, I was just a bag of nerves. You know, I'm surprised when I started out, I didn't get fired for the half the things I said. <laughs> I think I lost, I lost like 10 pounds the first couple of weeks of teaching because I, like, I couldn't eat. Like I was just a bag of nerves, you know, I couldn't eat, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know. I don't remember if I was puking or not. Probably not. I hope not. Oh, <laughs> but, you weren't, you weren't puking, man. But, um, my principal was such, was so great. She started giving me books about leadership and, you know, came in and observed me and she was like, Oh, you just relax, just be yourself. Cause I was trying to do, do that whole be somebody else type of deal. I don't know if you've ever, probably never, you don't seem like the kind of guy who'd do that. Oh God. You there? There. Yep. I'm, I'm here coach. Last thing. So was your principal was so great. Yeah, she was great. She was just, um, she was always trying to say, uh, you know, just be yourself, you know, and everything will it'll come out all right. And I didn't believe her at first. I thought I had to be, you know, like the gung-ho leader and try to be somebody else. And uh, when I stopped doing that and started just being myself, the kids would notice because they're smart, you know. And yeah, yeah, they can smell a phony a mile away. Exactly. And everything worked out, worked itself out eventually. Well, Coach, before I start nerding out on you anymore and asking you too many geeky questions, uh, I, I won't take up too much more of your time, but um, I really appreciate you coming on. And, and I hope maybe sometime in the future, I know you're probably busy, but maybe sometime in your off season, you might be able to join us again. And Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. This was a blast. You could teach me some more, uh, some more air raid because I definitely need to more learn air raid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring you over to the light side. Exactly, coach. That's another Jedi reference. All right. Sorry. I'm 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 total nerd. By the way, what'd you think about the last trilogy? 
I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I I liked it. I I don't know if it was the nostalgia thing, but I that was something my father and I um, were really. He introduced me to the original, um, and I I loved it. And then I watched the prequels. I loved it. I I know what I'm getting into when I'm going in. I'm not mm-hmm. one of those people like, hey, this movie is god awful. Screw the Star Wars saga. Oh, by the way, here's twenty bucks. I'm gonna go sit in the theater and watch it um i liked it i mean i I tell you what i'm excited for in five days mandalorian Mandalorian season two Mm -hmm. hell yes i i love that first season and i can't wait to the second one so uh oh crap that fell out but i'm gonna keep talking to keep hearing me i can hear you coach okay yeah but that i liked it i mean you know we got a new star wars i'm thrilled exactly i just I just hope they don't try to go too big. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when, when a series get, has a really good season, they do really well. Like Lord of the Rings, the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Amazing. Look at what they were able to do with a, a lower, lower budget. Right. And then the Hobbit, whether or not you like the Hobbit or not too much CGI. That, yeah. And then they had personal. to stretch out like a small book into three movies. So, you know, I just hope they don't try to go that route. Uh, but I think it's going to be good. It looks awesome. The trailer looks awesome. I'm ready to go. Yes, I am too. My body is ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right, coach. Well, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. One last time. (laughs) Thank you for having me, man. This was, this was fun. Awesome. Well, this has been coach Sheffer and we are signing off. All armchair coaching podcast episodes have been edited by coach James Heath. Follow coach James Heath on Twitter at J Rockford Heath. And if you are interested in starting your own podcast, contact Coach Heath and he will help you get set up with everything that you need for podcasting. Thank you, Coach Heath. I couldn't do it without you, brother.